And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. This is Why Always Us. It's your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Burney. I am joined by Sam Lee. Hiya. And Paul Bios. Hello. You can read everything on City and more on The Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod and sign up. That's theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. And at the end of this week's show as well, we'll have a taste of The Athletic's new documentary series, Away From Home, so stick around for that. Uh, But first, we're going to be talking on uh, today's episode... um, uh, basically about uh, the Fulham game, but how City went on to win the Fulham game. I want to talk about uh, basically winning with 10 men. Um, so let's begin with uh, with the foul uh, that uh, that reduced City to 10 men. This is uh, what Pep Guardiola had to say about it after the game. I think it's the last man. It's soft contact or no soft contact. Cannot be contact. His fault is, is a red car. So I said many times to the players, not Joel, many times. When he has 85 minutes, 80 some minutes, out of the 80 air box, make a fault. But you have 65 minutes left. Score a goal. 1-1, okay. You have 65 minutes with 11 against 11. At the end, penalty, 1-1 and 10 against 11. It's too much. Hopefully we can learn. So if it happened, because football it happened, because we lose the duel uh, with the striker, the good movement for the winger, cutting inside, and it's happened, it's football. So okay. Rely on Eddie. Eddie can save it. So today was a risky. We play against Fulham, 65 minutes, 10 against 11. Normally you don't win, but we won because my players are beyond, are exceptional in all departments. So that's what Guardiola had to say on uh, the red card, and you can kind of see it, can't you, Sam? Um, like I, as soon as Cancelo did it, I said from my seat, like he'll be lucky to stay on it. As soon as they gave the pen, it was like, oh yeah, well he's off as well then, I guess. Um, in fact, am I kind of re-refereeing that in my head? Um, because obviously they got rid of the double punishment, but yeah. they obviously then decided that he made no attempt to play the ball. I, I'm a bit of a weird one, you know, I, I'm a bit Graham Zunes and I like hmm. contact and I didn't think that was a pen and I didn't think the Alexander-Arnold one was a pen either. Um, so, I, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, like, to answer the question that I was asked on like the Q and A, was like, was it a red card? I was like, well, once I decided it was a penalty, then yes, it was going to be a red card because it was no no attempt to play the ball, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, I also I know it's ridiculous because on another day, talk about inconsistency from refs is probably inconsistency from me because on another day, if somebody had done that, I'd be like, well, that's a pen, isn't it? <laughs> um, the fact that I don't know, like no, I don't know. Did it wasn't that controversial a, a decision in the end, was it? Like. Like the City pen, which obviously we'll get to, which I think De Bruyne like, completely bought. He knew if he put his body in that position, he'd get clipped, and then he got clipped, and he went yeah. down. Like, that's that's just good. That's clever play. And, you know, if people f- listen to this and think, oh, well, he's a City reporter, he would say that. Honestly, if any player did that, I'd be like, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it, both penalties were pretty much accepted, weren't they? Um, 
but obviously there were, there was a lot of controversy online which kind of sums up where we're at today <laughs> yeah um the the thing with it all paul and obviously um the position city were in it was one nil at the time um Guardiola said it there, you know, Edison might save the one-on-one anyway, but even if he doesn't, you'd rather have one-one with 11 men than, than one-one with 10 men. Um, so you can you can kind of see exactly what uh, what Guardiola's getting at. Um, and the flip side of that as well is, is, is kind of this attitude of it's only Fulham, uh, because I'm not having that either. Because Fulham, I mean, first off, I think Fulham have been great this season. I thought they played pretty well yeah. on Saturday as well. Um, yeah. And it, was, it, it just ended up culminating in an impressive win with 10 men, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think that it was more kind of credit to City than just playing Fulham. Because I think that Fulham did, did their game. Uh, I also think that Marco Silva was quite honest in the press conference, saying that maybe they could have been a bit braver with the ball. But, I mean, that's not easy when you play at the Etihad against Man City, against Pep's Guardiola Man City, uh, against the team he, that he has He said, won. didn't he? He said the average of goals was more than four points. Well, yeah, more than four yeah, goals yeah. in the game. So he knew, yeah, yeah. he knew that you know they could he get knew. at it. Exactly. So I guess that there is like a fear factor now um, facing not just City but Pep City um, with the record that they have. I think that it translates as well with the stands. I think that the mood in the stadium was not like just getting nervous or anxious with the team it was like just supporting the team because the basically the crowd knew that it could happen. They felt that the players were in the mood that a goal could eventually come. So, yeah, basically, I think that um, assuming or just giving Fulham um, kind of the just the benefit of uh, they did a good game, but City just like deserved it and they were like outstanding. I think that there was no player at, at Man City that had a bad game. Maybe we, we can agree with Jack really didn't have the best of the game, Jock and Cancelo, of course, but the the, the rest of them were absolutely outstanding, just off the yeah. charts. Yeah, yeah. We could, we were raving about them at, during the game because obviously me and Paul sat next to each other. Yeah. And even, you know, before the equaliser, we were saying, like, how good they've been. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, um, unbelievable. I, I wrote an article. To be fair, the headline, I hadn't thought about it in the way the headline was put, but the headline was, like, this is one of City's greatest ever performances. And I'm still not sure if I'll put it in that category because that you know, seems a bit much. But in terms of the individuals, I mean, him, I mean, maybe I can't complain too much at the same time. Normally, you know, as a writer, you get a headline that's not what you think and it's annoying. But I was like, ah, I, was, I hadn't really thought of it like that. I'm not sure I'd say that. But also, I can't really dispute it because I was so full of praise for the individuals and the circumstances and all that. They probably can't argue too much. Honestly, I, yeah. I can't, I can't speak enough about how impressed with them I am. And I, how many times have we come on podcasts like this after they've, you know, beaten Liverpool at Anfield four one the other year and you know, beat United six three the other week, and they have so many good games. And when they batter teams and they're really good, and even the, the games when you know they draw or something, nothing. Oh, they actually did quite well. But I mean, I'm rarely as enthusiastic as I, I was. At the weekend, about they were just honestly just so good, and people who didn't see the game might be thinking, like, "What's this guy on about?" And they squeeze past Fulham and blah blah blah. But honestly, though, as I guess anyone well, who saw the game realizes, they were so good. So. Yeah, I I just want to kind of in 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 what one of the things that impressed me the most is it's it's the momentum in the game, Paul. Because the, first off, you've got you've gone a goal up, and you've had a, you've then had a goal disallowed at uh, at one nil, and suddenly you then down the other end immediately from the free kick from that, and it it goes to one one, and you lose a man. 
And then after that, you score the winner. It's then VAR'd off for offside, correctly so, but like you still have that, that swing in emotions. And then you still keep going to get yourself that penalty in the 95th minute that wins it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like all the a scenario was set for City just to let it go, basically. I mean, a lot of like like a roller coaster of emotions that at some other stages of Pep City, probably this team wouldn't have made it. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, and I think that Guardiola praised as well in the press conference the the attitude like from Bernardo and Gundogan and, this, and Rodri from being like, I, I think that he didn't use that words, but I, he was trying to find the, the, the words in English that he meant in Spanish. And I felt that I could see the word that he wanted to use in Spanish. That was a bit of mala hostia. That is like being a bit of, not a bastard, but like being mean when you need to be mean and have this kind of character when you need to play like, like with the men and just know that you have to, basically, you, you just have to pull it off uh, by just, just by any means. Yeah. Um and the and the players were like were in this kind of mood. And about what what was Sam was saying about like his his headline of the piece, like being one of the best performances that um City has ever shown mm, uh in the last six years. I mean it's kind of difficult to put that like into a, a ranking because of course all the games that we have praised uh Pep's Manchester City, but I think that um when Pep leaves and it doesn't matter if it's next summer or if it's in in two years, in three years, in four years. As soon as he leaves, um, and if he has to remember um, all the big games that he has played with Man City, this game is going to be among them. I could feel that that, that kind of enthusiasm in Pep. Yeah, and making the making the players go for that lap, that lap of appreciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be like the Southampton game with with the Sterling, like the Bournemouth game at Bournemouth with the Sterling goal as well. It's going to be one of those games. Yeah, well, we're we're going to dig into all of that, um, and uh, I'm going to get more into that attitude of of potentially being one of the best. Because um, let's start with uh, with Guardiola's immediate reaction in the in the post match press conference. This is uh, this is how he, uh, he how he spoke to reporters after the game. Now, after winning at the last moment, is is better, and the arguments of the manager make us stronger. But would be the same the way we play sixty five minutes, ninety minutes, ninety five minutes against eleven against eleven. And after the way we played 10 against 11 against that team, that of course they miss Mitrovic a lot. This is so important for them, but we could see just one shoot, we get more chances. And we played in the right tempo. 10 and 11, you, know, you cannot attack so quick because they will attack quicker. And, and with Bernardo, Gundogan, all the three, four plays in the middle was amazing. Good Rodri, Gundo, Bernardo, Kevin, especially today. When I said many chances in the recent past, the still is not his best. Kevin, uh, the games in Leicester and today, it's completely the, the, the opposite. So he's a movement guy and today he put the team in the shoulders. And of course, everyone, everyone was exceptional. 65 minutes against Fulham, play the way we played was the moment of the, the my period here in Manchester by far. And of course, scored at the end, celebrated with our people. Was a, we, don't win, we didn't win the Premier League today, of course, but this moment makes sense our job all of us see the faces of our crowd and when we were making the the you know the pitch uh, run the pitch walk so it was, was really good it hasn't happened too often that your team get red cards in the first half but normally when you do you normally stay on top stay in control have more possession create more chances why does that happen how does that happen what are the, how, how would you say the factors are for that 
Well, we spoke about that when they, the keeper has the ball, try to make even man-to-man or, or high, even we are one less player, so their central defender try to be high. I think Bernardo, Gundogan, Manu, all the people in the middle, they are so intuitive how, how to go in general positions. And when we are not able to take it, drop a little bit and wait, and when you feel it, then you feel it go. But especially, this can happen because we have a long possessions. We cannot attack so quick uh, to make with patience and, and wait the moment when set pieces, one, one action. Like in the first half, we had two or three with 10 against 11, the last 15 minutes, so clear. So clear was two goals disallowed for, for, for nothing. And, and, and wait, the, wait the moment, wait the moment. And we were patient, tried to concede the goal. Of course, the last minute, they, they had some contra-attacks. But uh, you see the backward from John, like it's not full by how he played today, amazing, and Bernardo and Rodri and, and everyone. So it was so exciting, the, the motion as a manager after seven years here, you always have doubts. The people follow you, are tired, the people is annoying to all our job, all of us, many thousand millions meetings and training sessions and travels and whatever. And you see today, you said, wow, still they are there, still they want to do it, still they are alive. and. That make me make us so so proud. You could tell Sam that he he feels exactly the same way about that performance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he said, didn't he? In, in one of those answers, kind of buried in Guardiola, not quite perfect English speak. He was like, just because we because we won now, everyone says you know it, it was good and the decisions were good. But even if we hadn't won, it it would have been just as proud of them. And I, I remember I tweeted that I was like. When when it was one all right near the end, I was like, they've been so good today. And I remember somebody replied saying, it doesn't matter there, does it? I was like, of course it does. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Of, of course it does. Like to fight and battle like that. Okay. At the, at the end of the season, if they if they lose the title by two points, and it does matter, but to have, to, to yeah, to, to play like they did and put that effort in and to give everything that they did. And, and again, people might be listening to this thinking, you lot are mad. Like, because didn't really create many chances in the second half. But honestly, just, I guess it was just one of those where you had to be there. Yeah, there was a there was a line in your piece actually, Sam, that I I really liked uh, about the work ethic, uh, where you'd said that after the last game, uh, Guardiola had said that um, oh, yeah. they 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 were so tired they didn't get the phones out to check Instagram, and you're like they're just not going to be online for a, for like middle of the week after that one they'd work that oh, hard. Oh, they would have been fucked. They yeah, were absolutely knackered. Like on like, and that's an interesting thing actually, isn't it for the for the Chelsea game and the Carabao Cup? Like Guardiola might as well play with everyone. He doesn't have to worry about oh well we've got. Champions League next with me and we got this after that he doesn't have to worry about that he could play whoever he wants against the Chelsea team in in, in midweek but like De Bruyne is going to be knackered sure yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. De Bruyne is going to be absolutely knackered I'm sure a lot of them will be but like De Bruyne, it reminds me of last season do you remember at the end of the Arsenal game De Bruyne was just like chasing around closing everyone down and at the end I think like Fernandinho called to get the doctor up because De Bruyne was just just absolutely knackered yeah and it, it, that was it was another one of those performances at the weekend and and yeah, it's, it's interesting for how it'll work against Chelsea. But yeah, just again, just another another line I wanted to write in the article was, you know, Bernardo Silva's best Man City performances are normally measured in kilometres. But then I emailed Opta to get how many kilometres he ran, but their contract with The Athletic doesn't cover like distance covered. So I couldn't find <laughs> out how many, how many kilometres he actually ran. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I would have loved, loved to have known because I'm sure they would have been up there again. But yeah. it was just popping up at centre-back again, wasn't he? And bringing the ball out and winning yeah. the ball. And That's the thing the with Bernardo. Yeah, he just reads the game in a way that, pff, I don't know, if he ends up living, um, I don't know which player can like be that in the world because Jude Bellingham is not that. Yeah, yeah. 
Jude Bellingham, if you have to make like a kind of a comparison, you would, I think that Kevin De Bruyne probably is like the most similar thing, not Bernardo Silva. Um, but just the way that he reads when he has to um, drop a bit and play like as a center back, just when John Stones, because we can talk about John Stones again, uh, because I, I'm absolutely, absolutely devoted to, to John Stones and, and mm -hmm. what he does being a center back. Yeah. Because um, he, he can be just anything. Of, of course, he, he's not the, the best player. To, he's not going to be Haaland. He's not going to be um, Phil Foden. But he understands like the positional game, in which kind of pos position he needs to be to make the team work, uh, and how he has to move when he has to be ju just up front, just to create the space for, for the other ones. He's that intelligent, and not many centre-backs in the world can do that. And it's fucking awesome, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, just about Bernardo Silva, yeah, it's just the ability just to read the game, just to know. He doesn't need like any indications from a manager, he just knows it. He just know where where he has to be, where the team needs him. If he has to be like in the in the center back position, or as a holding midfielder, or being an attacker or a winger, he's just that good. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hi, I'm Adam Crafton, and I'm the host of The Athletic's new documentary series, Away From Home. We've been following Ukrainian football team Shakhtar Donetsk through the Champions League group stage. They've had to play their home games in Poland following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The first bomb, you never forget in this series, we're going to take you inside Shakhtar. Travelling with them across Europe as they set out on their Champions League odyssey. It's not only about football now, it's about show that we are fighting. I'll be speaking to those in Ukraine itself, hearing stories about how the war has affected them. My wife's father, he died. They killed him here. Subscribe now to Away From Home to follow the whole story. Well, let's let's talk about the positional play uh, because um, I I texted Nadem on the way home as I was driving home because I couldn't basically I couldn't stop thinking about the game. That's how that's how how much it had kind of consumed me. I couldn't I just couldn't stop thinking about the performance. So I texted him just to say like like genuinely how hard is it to to win a game when you're a man down? Um, and he phoned me and just just basically was gushing about how good Stones, Akanji, Ake, Rodri, Bernardo all played it around, uh, kind of as the last line of defence, because they were taking massive risks. That like if they lose the ball at that point, Fulham are clean through, and like, it, the, the damage that, that 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 does. I mean, Sam, we spoke last season after the Palace game how hard it is. You know, you know when a team is sitting in eleven v eleven to be able mm. to create chances. So ten v eleven, if you're if you're a goal down, it's 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 really hard. Um, 
So, like, just the bravery that they showed there to keep the ball and and, and move Fulham, who were trying to press them, move them around the pitch and, and take those chances to create the space for Gundogan and De Bruyne to turn in the middle and, and, and just set City away. I, like, I, I still, I, I spent all weekend thinking about it, Sam. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and again, that's kind of the one of the more subtle elements. You know, when Guardiola was talking about they're intuitive and they they need to know when to when to drop and when they can pass. And De Bruyne said in his in his mix zone because Paul asked him. You know, he, um, they talked about you know you want to you can't go full out. You, you got to pick your moments, but then it's harder with him. Just it it is yeah it is that intelligence of the players. Um, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's, that's why it was such a good performance because we talk about it's. It's more obvious to see the effort um, and the running and like the amount, the amount of like well, the tenacity they had. You know, Gundogan again just to win the second balls. De Bruyne winning loads of second balls and winning the ball back. There was that move, wasn't there? That started on the edge of the city box where De Bruyne like flicked it around the corner yeah, like, under pressure yeah, yeah. to Gundogan, and then yeah. they sprayed it to Foden, and he had a, like a really similar touch. To De Bruyne, and then he went back to Gundogan, and he chipped it to the far post. Or Foden just missed it, but that that was phenomenal. So the stuff like that and the effort is easy to see. And then, like you're saying, um, with with that intelligence and that bravery, and again, like Guardiola saying, the long possessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not you know, it's not go forward and attack and take the game to them. It's being intelligent and it's being patient, and it's just so much harder than you immediately realize. Until you, you you know you ask Guardiola, you ask De Bruyne, you speak to Nadem about it, these kind of things. Um, just tying all of that together—that's why it was so good. I mean, again, I'm doing that thing we we normally do. Where I'm signing off my points with the same questions, but with the same points. Sorry, but um, just the way we get there is just going to be different every time because there was just so many different bits of little elements of it that were just just so good, just so good. Yeah, and that's why Paul. I'll be honest. That's why I would I I, I would rank it as genuinely one of the best performances under Guardiola. And I like I I'm I, to flip it around the other way. What I what I actually think is is can you name a better one? Like, is there anything off the top of your yeah. head that immediately you go they played better in this game against this opponent, and that's that's why it's not the best Guardiola. I mean, I guess we could. I guess we could do that because uh, there are a lot of like, yeah, great games. But I, I think that, and I'm not, I, I, I'm not implying anything because I, I don't have anything to write about it. But if and I don't maybe have maybe when they beat Spurs, but the goal got ruled out. Yeah, in the Champions League because it's the well, same and, kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and like the game against Liverpool last season in the league was great. City was great as well. Yes, yeah, like, both of them. Yeah, both. Right? But yeah, especially at home, yeah. Um, but what I mean is that just the words that we just heard about Pep, just seeing the squad having this desire. If, and I'm saying if, Pep decided to extend his contract, it's going to be because he has seen this place as the one that City played against Fulham, basically. Not not because City won um, against Man United. Well, of course, it played a role. But just to see City in a random game against Fulham, which might not be the biggest game of the season, just seeing the players like that. That that what that's what makes Pep think, okay, these guys are like for real and that might be worth it to extend my contract. Um having said that, I repeat, I don't have any information on new things. And as soon as I do, uh, me and Sam are gonna do uh, any kind of piece or report or anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Um but I mean the, the other the other side of it, um and it's kind of tapping into what Paul's saying there, Sam, is it's 
it's responding to um, kind of the bad luck moments and whether they are genuinely bad luck or whether you have genuinely been wronged or not, you still feel it and you still, you still feel aggrieved. Even if like the penalty decision, for instance, is the correct one, even if the red card is the correct decision, you still feel aggrieved in the moment that it's happened. And it's very easy to let your emotions run away with you in, in, in that sort of situation. So, like another mm. element to this impressive performance is that they just responded to it. They there was, I mean, a little bit. I was a little bit concerned that Bernardo was trying to get himself sent off at the end of the first half. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> apart from that, like they got in at half time, they regrouped and they were like, right, well, if nothing's going to go for us today, we're going to have to make it go for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I did that little laugh a minute ago because when we had De Bruyne in the mix the other week, it was a week after the Liverpool game, and he was asked about, you know referees and consistency in that and it and he was like well and because obviously what he said after the game because he, he talked about you wanted to be consistent and he was and he was annoyed with the refs and he was like well you know what? it's like you know sometimes after games um you, your emotions run high and i went what about joring because like during the games you can tell he's really pissed off as well and he kind of laughed he was like yeah joring as well uh, but yeah he was livid wasn't he so when you talk about you know perceived wrongdoing that that um kind of shirt pull he wanted a penalty for there was no proper replays of it. Like I asked the people who work for the Premier League and stuff, there was no proper replays of it. It was only the the cross as it went in and the Akanji header, which was saved. But it didn't seem like much of a penalty. Obviously, they were absolutely convinced of it. And yeah, probably halftime probably came at a good time because he was raging at everyone, wasn't he? He brought yeah, yeah, raging yeah. at the ref, raging at the linesman. Halftime, he went to go to the, the the refs on the pitch, and I think was it. And De Bruyne sent him away. And yeah. then he went to have a go at the fourth official. Yeah. And then Diaz, who was obviously a sub, and he was down there. He dragged him away. So, yeah, halftime definitely came in a good sense there. But, yeah, again, it's it's what um, Guardiola was saying earlier. They had that right kind of anger that, you know, Paul translated into what he probably meant in, in Spanish. And, yeah, they did they did channel it in that right way. And, again, you know, to control the emotions like that. And And, again, just to go back to what you were saying about the players being intuitive and, you know, not rushing it and inviting the pressure to break the press and all this kind of stuff. Um, I, I tweeted when Foden and Harlan came on, I was like, this is going to be pretty chaotic now, I think. And I, I think because I was like, I'm not convinced it will be actually, but I've had to guess with the way that Foden and Harlan play and, you know, going back to that Newcastle game and Guardiola says they like to go forward. I was like, it could easily get, especially with Harlan on, it could easily get more direct. But again, going to come back to the same point of it was so good but arrive to it in a different way they could have gone more direct to Haaland and if this was a game at the start of the season how many times do we talk about them looking for Haaland a bit too much with long balls which, yeah. and then we mentioned that last week when we were at the Etihad they've stopped doing it now Yeah. Um, when but we talk about them being patient and Foden going forward and Haaland going forward when they need more passes could have easily descended into that I say descended people would have wanted to see it but it wasn't what Guardiola wanted so then to do all those things to stay calm given how annoyed they were with the ref for some moments. I think the fans were really annoyed with the ref. To be honest, I didn't think the ref was horrific. It's just one of those things where football stadiums, not just City, but anywhere, they get a bit carried away with these injustices perceived or otherwise. But to, to stay calm in all those circumstances, whether it was because of the ref or because they had direct players on the pitch, again, it just goes to show how impressive it was. Now that you were mentioning about Bernardo Silva, I mean, I wanted to go back because there's a fun a story from, from the weekend that I think that you some... Do, do, do not know, um, which is that Bernardo Silva came out on the mix zone and because you were like in the press conference and we were like asking him if he wanted to stop and talk. Um, and he basically told us, no, I am in a rush. I have to leave. But um, and he made like a kind of joke that was not on the record. And 
of course we uh, no one reports about it but he says something like but you can try to interview the the referee because there were like some nice 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 decisions in that game like like while while was having a laugh with, with everyone and the fans that are on the big zone right now uh and all this kind of stuff so it was a bit of like a funny moment in the mix zone uh bernardo making fun of of the referee but uh, yeah. he's, he's doing a lot more this season isn't he he's done two already yeah, yeah, i think yeah. he'll i think yeah, he'll yeah. do more but obviously he didn't speak to me for ages after the whole mendy thing i think yeah, maybe yeah, until yeah, yeah. he did that one this season when you know it was the eve of transfer deadline day and he said yeah, Barcelona you know, and i'm stuff. staying and, and this is why um but yeah he's doing it a lot more now and yeah, yeah. I mean, and we managed to it. speak to him the other week, and yeah, we'll write an article based on that and the changes in his game at some point during the World Cup, I guess. Um, and yeah, yeah, he's and he's an, he's another good talker. He's one of those um, if you get him on the right subjects and the, the right questions, it'll be it'll be brilliant. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven US based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to go back to the um, controlling the emotions as well, Paul, because uh, it's as, as Sam very, very neatly kind of summed up the, the mood inside the Etihad. Um, and like Guardiola, he's he's talked about this in the past, where um, like the, the other impressive element of that performance on on Saturday was that City basically ignored the crowd. Um, the number of times where they got they got possession of the ball, it was with I don't know. Stones, it was with Akanji, it was with Bernardo in the centre-back positions. And the fans wanted it higher up the pitch. They wanted them to play through the thirds and, and attack for them because they wanted them to go and, and, get, and get the winning goal. And Guardiola's talked about slowing it down, knowing when to attack. De Bruyne did as well. Um, and it, it's it's just it's the fans have this have the kind of emotional aspect to it. They 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 want to see the attacking football, whereas if City do it, it you know it opens up all sorts of risks for them in the game. Um, I asked Guardiola about it last season, um, and like, he, he didn't really bite. But then he, he kind of spoke about it after the the one nil win over Wolves, um, when City were in full control for for the vast majority of the game. Wolves had ten men, and then for the final couple of minutes, it got really frantic because uh, they kept trying to exploit the space when when actually they just needed to kill the game. Um, and uh, and this is what Guardiola said about it at the time. When these teams that they come to wait, to wait, to try to play, but wait, wait, and and wait the right moment, you have to be patient. You cannot make mistakes. And today we didn't. At the end, because we didn't press good, we, we drop, we drop. But we play with emotion, you know, it's last minute, 1-0, the game not over. And, 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 and that's happened. And so, like as Sam's saying, like again, with a different way of arriving at the same point that they were really good. They were really good to control themselves in that environment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really are. I mean, they that just... I mean, I think that what we discussed in the last podcast, um, like recalling that quote from Kevin De Bruyne uh, uh, 
after a Manchester derby saying, yeah, we just um, had a practice with a false nine to go at Old Trafford and we practiced it like five minutes. So they are at this stage right now, basically. They, they don't need to practice. They don't need to think a lot about it. They just do it. It just comes out naturally from their game. Um, and basically, I think that they know that it plays to, to, to their strengths. And it talks about, it talks really highly about City that even having like such a man as as Haaland, which is tempting, and we have discussed that about that in this podcast, which is tempting just to put long balls to him because he's going to run and he's probably going to beat his centre back. Just City didn't do it. City didn't do it, and yeah, basically, I mean, I think that they are in the most m- m- mature stage since Pep has been here for sure. Yeah. Um, just all the way through that that second half, they were they, they they like we said before they they passed it dangerously at the back. They they drew Fulham out and they they didn't hit it. Um, so I mean, Sam, why why was this one? I mean, not necessarily why was this one. Was this one different to uh, to, to previous games where City have had a man sent off early? Because I think of like I think of like Wolves in in twenty nineteen when Edison was sent off at nil nil. Or Brighton. I mean, I know they'd won the, the league already by the time that that um, Cancelo was sent off at Brighton in that that topsy turvy game. Um, but in both of those games, City seemed to go within themselves a little bit, and they just didn't do that on Saturday. Yeah, well, I mean, the ideas initially because two editors had this idea at half time, and obviously it was dependent on how they went. But they were like, "What is their result quite good, and do they manage to stay on top?" So are the results quite good, and do they manage to stay on top when they got ten men? And like instinctively, I was like, yes. And I remembered the, the because I remember being really impressed with the Palace performance last season, even though obviously they were 1-0 down when they had the man sent off and they lost 2-0, but they were really good, I thought. Um, and I just kind of have in my head that City do this, Guardiola does does this. And I remember when he was Bayern managing. Do you remember when Bayern came to City? And they had oh, a man yeah, sent they off. had a man sent off and still and matters. They absolutely <laughs> played. They played City off the park. It was absolutely outrageous. And I remember thinking... At the time, I don't I don't know why because I didn't watch Bayern loads, but I remember thinking they're still going to be better here. I put like a five on them to win, even with ten men, and then they were amazing. But then Aguero scored a hat trick in like fifteen minutes, didn't he? Or like ten minutes? Oh yeah, so he, got, he got the last two. Like, I, I remember because I was I was in the stands going. Uh, he he made he scored the penalty, and then they went. Then Bayern went two one up, and I was just like, he, he scored with a couple of minutes left, and I was just like, right, I'll take the draw, get out of this game <laughs> like, against ten yeah, men, and- against ten men. <laughs> But that's is that that's yeah because they were so good and they were, I remember seeing like a video of like a sped up Bayern passing video with like Benny Hill music. It was like Rondo's like on the pitch. It was unbelievable. Um, and but that's what that's what I've always got in my mind about City with ten men. But it's not the case. We got a list of all the red cards. There's some games I don't remember. But basically, my point is there's too many instances and too many games when City have had red cards where you can't, there's no real thread to it, or at least not the one that I could find. It was like, well, they won this one, but they were already winning and they saw it out. Or they lost this one, like that Wolves game away, when they actually scored again, didn't they? Did they go 2-0 up or 2-1 up? Yeah, it was, well, it, was nil, nil. it was nil-nil when Edison got sent off and they, they went 2 up and lost. <laughs> right, yeah, but then lost. Yeah, exactly. And then, but, but I think three out of the last four were similar to that because one of them was the Villa game in lockdown. Do you remember it was when the Super League was kicking off? Yeah. And they went, they were losing and then they equalised and then he went down to 10 men. Then they, but then they were still on top. But then Villa went down to 10 men and then they won. So again, you can't really put your finger on how often they do it. Um, but I do have that sensation that 
it is something they can do and something they do do. I think the fact that going back to that Bayern game, it shows that energy levels is still a thing. You know, you can play as well as you want, but at the end, if you get caught out, again, also it depends on the opposition. Like Paul said earlier, Marco Silva was saying um, they could have been a bit braver. You know, if City had gone down to 10 men against Brighton in the same circumstances, not could've too been, much of yeah. a stretch to imagine Brighton would have been braver and won. So it's not all, you know, we talked about how amazing City were and obviously I stand by that. I'm not going to change my mind now. But there was an element of the team's approach against them. Um, you know, Palace last year, they carried on sitting back as well and kind of let City have that possession. Um, but yeah, in terms of what was different now, I, I looked back, I skipped back after the game at the weekend while I was waiting for Guardiola's press conference at that Palace game last season. And they were patient at the back to kind of lure Palace into them, like to, to press them. And then they were quite, they were kind of direct with their passes forward. They were, they were getting the ball up the pitch and not in a, in a kind of slapdash way. In, you know, they had a man in space, but they would get the ball to them very quickly with long balls forward. And I, I don't know, but I, I did wonder, I thought maybe they went, yeah, given the circumstances, even though they did well and they attacked well in that game and they did score that equaliser that was ruled out with VAR, that kind of direct play against a team who was good on the break as Palace might not have been ideal and probably made it a bit more do or die than if they had been more patient. And now they're finally at that stage where, you know, like Paul says, they don't they don't really need to have it drilled into them. They know that, you know, patience is, is the best way forward. So, yeah, there is no thread to City having... 10 men and what they do and what the results are. But there was a table. I think the table is in my article as well. Since yeah. Guardiola came in, I think they've had is it 14 red cards in like, or 15 red cards in 14 games. Or yeah, something. It's, it's Premier League only because I, I went through yeah. uh, all of the games and it's 23 red cards in 22 games in all competitions. Mm. Um, so it's like only had, a few more in the Champions League. It was like six wins, one draw and seven defeats, which obviously sounds fairly average. But if you look at everyone else, I think only Arsenal had more points, but Arsenal have had kind of more more red cards as well. I couldn't really work it out. But it was basically, there aren't too many teams who do better with 10 men than City. But there is no real thread to it other than, you know, a lot of it depends on how the game is anyway. And then you've obviously got the element that we saw at the weekend where they are just phenomenal. And obviously other teams will just let them keep passing it around anyway. Yeah, the um, the only the only actual score lines of those of those twenty three uh, red cards in twenty two games, the only actual score lines that got worse uh, were Barcelona in twenty sixteen when Claudio Bravo, oh, just, yeah, caught the ball outside the area for no reason. Yeah, that um, after that. And then um, Crystal Palace uh, last season when uh, when they went two 0 down from one 0 and that that every other time the score has has either stayed the same or or, or City have turned it around. They've uh, they just haven't uh, they haven't got worse. Um, so it's a it's a it is an interesting uh, interesting setup. Um, Paul, let's kind of look a little bit forward for the uh, the final part of the uh, okay. of the show today. So um, Sam was talking about Chelsea a bit earlier on. Um, what do you think the attitude will be towards Chelsea, given uh, well, given that the season effectively breaks in a couple of days a couple of days after it, and then you know they've uh, they've got a load of players going off to the World Cup, but a few key players not. I think they're going to go for a win. They we. We might see, I don't know, Riyad Mahrez, uh, Phil Foden, uh, players that didn't play um, as a starters on the weekend. But I don't, I don't see City playing a, like a really, yeah, like Guardiola going like in full rotation mode. I think that Haaland might have a chance to start. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, so I think that um, despite the fact that probably in terms of like a schedule and fixtures and calendar, would be wise just to lose the Carabao Cup and just forget about it. But cities, I mean, they they cannot think about that when they face yeah. a game. C- and City and Guardiola don't do that. I was just going to say as well, because the next round is like three days after the World Cup final, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Before it's on the, the twenty. Yeah, twenty first. Yeah, twenty first yeah, so like, of but, December. Yeah, I th- but I think Pep would love that. Get your players back, and then you've got a game to run them in. Like we don't know who's who's who could who could be late back. Like Alvarez might not be back if Argentina go far and. Edison might not be back if Brazil go far, but you know maybe Rodri. Don't know about Portugal. Don't know about England. But like whoever they've got back, it, it's not going to be quite full strength. But the chance to play them all together in a game against whether they play Arsenal, whether they play Liverpool, whether they play Rotherham, I think Guardiola will absolutely love that. Before going to Leeds away, it's perfect. So yeah. you're not just have you got them wanting to win every game, and you know he can he can go as strong as he wants. Because he doesn't have to worry too far down the future. Because, he, like he said, he he doesn't care about international teams because they don't care about City and they don't care about clubs. So why should he? Um, you've got that element, and also I think he would just love to have that game. And like if they don't, if they don't have um, the next round of Carabao Cup before they play Leeds, I'm sure they'll probably schedule like an extra fixture, whether it's behind closed doors or whether it's against another team somewhere. Because I, I just think they would love to have that competitive opportunity before the Leeds game. That little bit of a ramp to come in. I mean, it's it's a little bit of uh, of a sad thing though, Sam, because I was genuinely, a little bit, a little part of me was hoping to see Scott Carson plus 10 children. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the sort of Pellegrini at Chelsea that year, sort of. Uh, well, it'd be good to see, speaking Palmer. of children, it'd be good yeah. to see Rico Lewis. Yeah. Like it would, it would still be good to see Rico Lewis, good to see Cole Palmer. But um, yeah, Haaland, I wouldn't be surprised if he played. Foden, whatever the hell is going on there. Foden, I presume, will play since he's not allowed to play Premier League anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe Mares. Um, yeah, be a strong team. The only thing is, there's not many midfielders, are there? And yeah. they'll all be absolutely fucking knackered. <laughs> I think that um, Victor so Lewis has a chance to start, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, he might have. Is uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just like I don't know anything. I'm just like kind of playing a bit, but with the lack of fullbacks that that city has. I mean, all the centre-backs must be knackered as well. A Stones must be knackered. A Kanji must be mm. exhausted. A K as well. Yeah, at least they got Diaz yeah. and Laporte. That helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we, we've uh, we cleared up the Cancelo thing as well, didn't, didn't we, Sam? Because he's, he's not suspended on Fantasy Premier League for the uh, Brentford game, so he yeah, must be suspended would, for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. With it, again, that's, that's fine, isn't it? Um, yeah. I just play Sergio Gomez. No, yeah, no, one no one available, that. one available fullback. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a situation they've been in for a while now. Anyway, so nobody have, could have possibly foreseen <laughs> that, that would happen. Yeah, um, just a very very final. Oh, final. I'm sorry, Calvin Phillips on the bench. Quite yeah, said, true. He? Calvin Phillips is going to be on the bench, and he doesn't know if he'll play, but he'll be on the bench. Yeah, so that's an interesting one. I guess that if if City can afford to make him play, he will. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's the point. I don't know if they will be able to afford it. I mean, I have to say that that Chelsea looked quite bad against Arsenal. Yeah, I watched. I did watch their game against Arsenal and and uh, think, well, obviously yeah. this side are going to come to the Etihad and win, aren't they? So uh... yeah, <laughs> it's got it's Sterling yeah. going to get booed. God's plan. I don't know. Be a bit not, there. There, there might be a bit. Yeah, I don't know. 
I wouldn't say it'll be full stadium, but there'll definitely be some. So, uh, final, final, final point. Um, I just want to play this from uh, the embargo part of uh, Saturday's press conference uh, after the game. Um, this is Guardiola on what he's uh, what he's got at City. He was asked, uh, "Do you realize, like, basically, do you realize what you have at City?" Um, and this is what he said: "When I'm proud of most, I said many times. After seven years, still we can perform like we have performed so far this season. We can play good, bad, win, lose." When you lose, always I think we can do what we have to do to, to, to do better. But you see the team, no give up, and Bernardo with this. They, they played after the send-off and some decisions that this perfect amount of certain amount of, uh, I would say the word in English, be grumpy, a big uh, you know, energy that you need to play 10 against 11. Otherwise, they don't give up. So that's why we, we compete until the end. You talk about sometimes having doubts about whether the message is still fresh to the players. Um, does it surprise you that, that your enthusiasm is still as, as yeah. fresh? They make me, this is not me to them, them to me. It's, it's a feedback. They give enthusiasm, but they give it to me. So with the way I play, I was playing that you know, one minute, two minutes. I saw what I was seeing during 65 minutes. You know, we are not a team like make everything up and down squeak so the enthusiasm we have done it and after score there and see the faces of the people our people uh, they, they give me now energy for the future they give it to me so I cannot disappoint them I have to be there with them and before the game they see my enthusiasm so also all the time I have to be like push 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 ah, come on no no not enough energy anyone has that and today they give me what what they are, what they are during six, seven years. When the people support the team unconditionally is because they have done it many times and during many, many, many years in this league in England, in the toughest league by far all around the world, still there, still there, still there. You know, after winning four Premier Leagues in five years, still there doing what they have done so far. That is the biggest prize, the biggest title we can get as a team, as a club, as a everything. First off, uh, there's a bit in there in the middle of that where I've got no idea what he says, um, but like, I can just feel what he means. Um, and uh, the second off, uh, Sam, again, absolutely no information, but tell me you're signing a contract without telling me you're signing a contract. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, didn't he say, though, when he talked about the future, which would be difficult, which would be a weird one to miss out given it was the audio, but didn't he, didn't he say it gives me energy for the future, but he immediately mentioned Chelsea and Brentford? rather than the next year. But obviously it wasn't on. Yeah, I I did tidy it up, so I may have cut that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought so. But yeah, so there there is that context to it. So I, I don't want to put the bricks on that slightly. But yeah, exactly. Like, Didn't you tweet? Yeah, you did tweet. It was like someone give... Put, someone yeah, put, get, uh, get a contract right in front of him immediately. Yeah. I, actually thought about, I actually thought about asking him that like as a joke. Like, if you got offered a contract now, would you sign it? Because as, as you already said, you could tell he thought it was brilliant and everything he said about how proud he was of his players and all, all, the, all those different aspects of the performance. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we'll see soon, won't we? Because if he's going to sort it out during the World Cup, then, you know, pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, he's, he, he, he knows how, how good he's got it and he's obviously got, you know, Akanji's one thing, you know, because he had the, the doubts about setting up, having... Um, depth in defence, and they went and got a kanji for him, and he's called he's called him a present, you know. Yeah. In that, in that's how he kind of sees it. So he knows, you know, the club are kind of doing everything for him yeah, to do. And, that. Over and then you see the players are doing it as well, 
you know it's and he said it, you know it's not just um, me to them it's them to me and all this kind of thing it's yeah exactly like you say it, it does kind of feel like that's that's how he's feeling on it and i guess we'll see yeah the, the moment for me paul was uh again i think this taps into your um both you and guardiola's mutual love of john stones uh where he he just dived on john stones right in front i was right in front of where i sit in the etihad and kind of like wrapped himself around stones and made stones carry him for a couple of yards on this lap yeah. of appreciation and yeah. like it, it's just like you can still feel his enthusiasm. Like I'm, I'm again. We're, it's speculation. Like you say, we've not got any information on on whether he is going to sign or whether he's not going to sign. Um, but you can't help but feel confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all, I mean, all the signs are there, and you. We got the feeling that City has done everything from their side to make sure that this can happen. Uh, not just with Holland, but Akanji, as Sam was saying right now, um, the connection that Pep has with the players. Um, so yeah, yeah. Basically, that I think that the kind of refreshment that City made to the squad was kind of key, just to keep uh, the team as it is right now. And yeah, if I think as Sam was saying, we're gonna know soon because there's just a couple of press conference left. I think before the World Cup, um, Pep is gonna try to sort them out um, as smoothly as he can, and then out of the blue, we're gonna know. If he stays or not, because I think that after the World Cup in January, we—I mean, uh, everyone will 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 know the final decision at some point, I guess. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll probably make an announcement either way. Um, yeah. But that brings us to the end of this week's Why Wizards. So thank you very much to Sam Lee. Yeah, thank you, lads. Cheers. Enjoyed that almost as much as I enjoyed the game the first time around. Yeah, don't have to lie to us, mate. You don't have to lie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much to Paul Bayus as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. You can use the code MANCITYPOD. Now, before we go, we've got a snippet from The Athletic's brand new documentary series, Away From Home, where they've been granted access all areas to Shakhtar Donetsk during their Champions League campaign, or while their normal lives have been turned upside down by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's a truly remarkable series, and if you like what you hear, you can listen to the first three episodes right now by searching for Away From Home wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a little teaser. Can, can can you hear me okay? Yes, yes, yeah. of course. You can ask ask question. I try to answer. Sure. So, so I suppose to, just to begin, can you explain the past couple of days how how you are, and also if your family is okay? First of all. Yes. Uh, in in the morning of twenty uh, fourth of of the February, we woke, walked up after the uh, uh, sounds of bombs. And uh, went to basement. This is the captain of Ukrainian football club Shakhtar Donetsk. His name is Taras Stepanenko, and he's one of the most famous footballers in his country. He was born before the collapse of the Soviet Union. He played over 70 times for Ukraine, and he's been with his club since 2010. I called him as war broke out to learn what was happening firsthand. 
Multiple attacks on cities right across uh, the country. Uh, the foreign minister, uh, Dimitro Kuleba, uh, has, has just tweeted that uh, the country is under full-scale invasion uh, by Russia. I have a wife and three sons, one uh, seven years, one eight and one four. Okay. What do you tell them? scared so much uh, we, we started to read news but my my son they i think they uh, they don't uh, understand clearly what happened now i think they they they're scared too stepanenko's life changed like so many other ukrainians did when russia invaded the country in early 2022 but six months on unlike most men his age he's fortunate enough to do his normal job again, to play football and to play in the Champions League, where the best teams from across the continent face off to be crowned kings of Europe. For Ukraine, football is more than a sport now. It's a unifier. It's a statement to the world that they are strong. And Shakhtar Donetsk is the embodiment of that sentiment. We are showing to all the world that, uh, that uh, we are still alive. Nothing cannot kill us. We are in the war for 2014. It will be difficult to play, but we must play. Unfortunately, we are thinking just about Ukraine now. And uh, if this fucking bastard from Russia think that we will stop to play because of that, we will not stop to play. We'll play and we will win. For The Athletic, I'm Adam Crafton. Over the course of this series, I'll be tracking Shakhtar's unique football journey as they navigate their way through football's toughest contest, all whilst there's a brutal war raging on their doorstep, forcing them out of their own country. You didn't sleep, you, you cannot sleep. Three days, three days without sleep. I'm proud that I'm part of this team, of this club, and today we can be proud because this victory is, is for Ukrainian people, for Ukrainian citizens. It's not only about football now, it's about to show, that, uh, to show that we are fighting, that we are still alive. <laughs> this is Away From Home. Episode 1. We Believe in Miracles. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 